in three, two, one. John, are we live? We are live, sir. What's going on, buddy? Not too much. How are you today? I'm good. As always, I'm pretty excited about the show. Love Get it. To drink a little bit on air today. Which I is cool. know. <laughs> always. Nothing wrong with that. Um, I'll let you do your shout out, shout out or shout outs, and then uh, I haven't thought about one yet. But while you're doing your shout out, I'll think of my weekly shout out. <laughs> All right. Well, first I gotta turn down yeah, my your other audio. audio. I know. Uh, so, my two shout-outs, actually. One reverts back to last week. Uh, my friend Christine, uh, who teaches and does uh, people's hair, did uh, some free for first responders the haircuts. Oh yeah, the and, September 11th program. Yeah, and we talked, and people who heard. Actually, there were three haircuts that she did for people because of this show. Because of Wheelhouse? Yep. Super cool. That was cool. I like that. Very cool. So shout out to the first responders who were listening to absolutely. the show. Cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and my other shout out is to you, oh. sir. See, I can't top your shout outs. Uh, he always one-ups uh, my shout outs. Uh, and so for sure today, I can't one-up you. No. And I can't one-up the, the hair thing. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, I believe... Just had a birthday, another trip around the sun. Uh, you look good. It sounds like you had a good weekend. Yeah. And uh, my shout out, I can't believe it's been a full year. Well, we've been doing this for a year and a half yeah. almost. And uh, yeah, it just seems, seems like yesterday was your last birthday. And here we are again. So happy birthday. Whatever you're thank doing, you, you. you're doing right. So just right. keep on keeping on. I appreciate it. Are you going to sing happy birthday like I did, I did uh, once for you? I am not. So I sang happy birthday to him once, and then he cut that clip, and then tagged <laughs> American Idol, tagged <laughs> The View, tagged uh, The Voice, yeah. and everything else. So I would I would be happy to sing happy I birthday. Can't, I can't cut anything anyways because I'm not efficient I, with or, I just or figure, have enough knowledge you know, to cut anything. So Whoever is watching, if I start singing... They're going to tune out. So we're trying to build our audience. So happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. My shout out is on Friday, I went to one of our former guests uh, events. I went to um, uh, the Green Tie Ball. So shout out to Michelle. I know she watches the show. I saw her. I saw Candace too. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I saw Candace and Michelle there. But shout out. I know putting on an event that's of that scope and magnitude uh, is not easy to do. So shout out to them for a uh, another successful event this year. That's really cool. Yeah. And the money they raise they, to beautify, yeah, to beautify Chicago, and that's great. Yeah, it was cool yeah. to stop by and obviously see the event, and we had them on air, so mm-hmm. that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should have them back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, um, I'm going to jump in because I think we have a lot of things to talk about, and I'm excited to have a drink on air. Um, <laughs> our guest today is, is Cletus Friedman. I'm going to read this out because he's done a whole lot of stuff. He's the cool. executive chef right now at Theater on the Lake. He's the CEO and founder of Crafted by Cletus. He's the creator of his own Bloody Mary mix, which we're going to try today with some mm-hmm. vodka. It's Cletus Hedis. He also is the creator of Cletus Hedis Bloody Mary popcorn. Yeah. And he's created a bunch of other stuff as well that I'm going to let him touch on. But thank you for coming on. Is there always so much love in this room at the beginning of the show? Because I'm, I'm feeling, feeling love? really good. Yeah. Yeah, we do a pretty good job of trying to love on our guests. It's all downhill. I meant to each other, not to me. But, no, the two of you are loving on each other. It's oh, pretty yeah, great. Yeah, no. yeah, birthday love typically ends up yeah. happening. But we do tease each other from time to time. Of so course. Indeed. Of on. course. It's even keeled. He is a good one-upper. So uh, what yeah. we always do at the top of the show is uh, we'll have a shout-out or two. Mm-hmm. And... 
he'll usually hit the first responders. He'll hit like Absolutely. a tragedy. Somebody, <laughs> My, <laughs> you know, somebody pull the heartstrings. Heartstrings hard. And then I would just kind of like shout out to this person. <laughs> right. person. And I'd like to <laughs> say hi to my sister. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, puppies. Right. And, yeah. He yeah. is like always the best one upper. So um, today I can't top you. You shout it out to me. Thanks. Well, buddy. it's you. Well, you got you got you, and you got me here. So yeah, I got you. Hopefully yeah. we'll one up him. There, two all right. And then we'll we'll have a little little bloody mary. Yeah, it's yeah. On. I'm excited. Um, yep. So tell us about um, theater on the lake and your involvement with them. So theater on the lake is a uh, it was. Built in 1920, everybody in this city knows this place. It's it's on the lakefront at Fullerton, and it opened in 1920 as an open air sanitarium for tuberculosis patients. Really? And the joke is, why not put a restaurant there? Um, huh. But in in the late 30s, it shut down, and the USO took it over. And during the war, it was a safe house and a hospital. And then uh, after the wars, the uh, park district took it over in the early 50s. Then they started doing plays and shows, and uh, it would go in and out of productions. And then it kind of sat dormant for a long time, and RFP went out. Uh, John Wren, who owns Lakefront Hospitality Group, won it over and decided to uh, fund this amazing project. It's a restaurant, it's an event space, and it's a theater. And it's a fully-blown theater. I mean, if you've been to a show at Theater on the Lake, you were sitting in the middle of this building that was just all open air it was hot you could hear lakeshore drive now it's absolutely gorgeous state-of-the-art theater so uh, on one end of the building is a 150 seat restaurant on the other is the theater and in the middle is an event space and uh, there are tons of events there booking all the way into 2021 wow Um, the the restaurant does uh, lunch dinner and brunch on saturday and sunday Um, it's, it's quite the show over there yeah, and it was how many years ago that they do that like big overhaul renovation? Because uh, it's recent, right? The well, there was the revetment project on the the lakefront where uh, the whole there was about a three acre build out of green space on just north of North Avenue, right at Fullerton, and then uh, all the way up to uh, Diversity Harbor. Uh, they kind of redid the lakefront. Then, uh, three years ago, it was October of 2016, Theater on the Lake started the, the rehab of the building. At the same time, there was uh, a, a construction on the, the bike path to separate the path to be bikes in one, bicycles in one lane and pedestrians in another. Yeah. So, and that has now spanned from Foster all the way down to, I believe, Oak Street. But it started right in front of uh, the property at Theater on the Lake at the same time our construction started. That's about when I, so I lived in Streeterville and I used to run from basically like Illinois all the way to Fullerton and back. Because I think that was like the 10K and I think North Avenue was basically like my 5K. So mm-hmm. I used to make that run all the time. And it felt like it was under construction forever. It, it definitely was. And, and you could see it and you could feel it. And that whole thing, it's just so beautiful now. Yeah. And if you ride the bike path, like I, I do pretty frequently, it's it's absolutely a pleasure to ride along the lake path or walk now. You don't have to ride your bike worrying about rollerbladers or strollers yeah. or people just jutting out. It's it's separated. And it, it's like I said, I've, I've gone all the way up to Bryn Mawr. And it's just beautiful how it, uh, you the bike path kind of splits down Montrose and goes along the uh, the um, 
the harbor, yeah. uh, Montrose Harbor. It's it's beautiful. But right in, th- in front of Theater on the Lake, we have this beautiful campus. It's a 20-acre campus uh, that runs from uh, just south of Fullerton to all the way up to Diversity Harbor. Awesome. And your involvement as the executive chef, it seems like you have a lot of different things that you have to both curate and also take care of because you have, like you said, the lunch, you have the dinner, and then you have event planning, which is a totally different undertaking because you're cooking for, I always thought about this. I said, you know, if you're cooking for a handful of people and it's lunch and dinner, it's one thing. But then if you're cooking for an event and you got a hundred, 200, 500, I don't know what your capacity is. That's a completely different idea. Well, it's interesting because when, when I was designing the kitchen, I knew right away that we weren't going to be able to handle both the restaurant and the events. So what we did is we brought on two caterers, now three caterers, Blue Plate Food for Thought and Entertaining Company. Whereas if you're, if you're having an event at Theater on the Lake, you need to use one of these okay. catering companies. We handle the bar, we handle the, the, the facility, and the catering company handles the rest. It's in, it, to, keeping up with production of food just for the restaurant is hard enough with this small space. It's a 16,000 square foot space wow. and, and the kitchen is 1,000 square feet. That's crazy. <laughs> um, and how long have you been an executive chef with them? Uh, since October of 2016. So right when they kind of renovated. Yeah, I, so I out. helped with the design of the space and the build out, implementing all the systems and, and training and, and pretty much everything to get it up and running. Very cool. And uh, it opened November of 2017. And how long have you been a chef? Uh, I've been in the restaurant business for 30 years. Okay. Uh, I started and I'm from Baltimore originally. Uh, I always knew I wanted to cook. And, uh, my first job when I was 14 was in a restaurant and I've never been out since. That's awesome. We were talking <laughs> off air a little bit. You said, uh, tell the story of what motivated you and enticed you to be a, uh, a chef. My mother will, uh, I give my mother credit for it. You know, my, I grew up. When I was really young, my parents were, uh, my, my father worked and my mother stayed at home and she basically cooked. That's how I, what I knew of my mom. She not only cooked for uh, people coming over, but she used to make these crazy cakes uh, for everybody would come to her to make their birthday cakes. And she was super talented. And I started to really enjoy being in the kitchen. And then I started to see food and uh, people gathering as food like community and that really uh meant something to me and and i i used to watch jeff smith the frugal gourmet a lot when i was a kid and julia child and i always talk about young can cook um these the, these cooks on tv kind of i was like oh that's what i want to do and and for a long time i heard uh you know chefs don't make money and and this and that and the other thing um, and that it's never been a driving force behind what I do. It's, it's loving what you do and having the capacity to be creative and, and enjoy that. Um, so I've been lucky enough to work for a lot of great chefs in my career and find out what I like to do, find out what I don't like to do. Um, it's like any relationship, the more relationships you have, the more you realize, oh, this is what I like in a friend. That's what I don't want in a friend. And, and this is how I like to run a kitchen. And the, this is how I like to motivate people and, and finding those things and, and then being able to teach 
what you love and inspire someone else is, is really a great gift. Well, what's really fantastic is it started off with such a passion. And like you said, the money wasn't a motivating factor because you really had a passion for it. And the creativity that you touched on, I think that's such an important thing to being able to be a chef because I've always maintained that if you gave me a recipe, I can probably do a decent job of following it because I can follow instructions. But if you ask me to create something or be creative and come up with a menu or a um, or evolve like a dish in a way that makes it better or um, it, we're talking off air about like how you can make something a whole 30 dish, you know, mm-hmm. being able to do this, things like that effectively and, and c- constantly really, you, you got to have a creative mind. It, it's one thing to be able to be good at being a chef, but you, you must have a creative mind to do that. Well, that's also the balance of the world we live in. And that's why people love restaurants. And that's why people write cookbooks. You can buy a cookbook you could probably take a cookbook home and follow the directions. And and you, if I write a if I write a recipe and you come and have the dish in a restaurant or wherever I am or whoever chef is, and you love it, then you try to duplicate it at home and it doesn't taste the same. Yeah. That's that's okay as long as it's. I always talk with my recipes. You could do what you want in your kitchen. Use my recipe as a guideline, because ultimately you're going to make it yours. You're going to. Add your twist to it, whatever that may be. You might add a little more spice, a little more acid, whatever the case may be. That's the joy of creating anything, really, is that you get to make it your own. And cooking is a lot like comedy in the sense that a lot of us are doing the same thing. We're just putting a different spin on it. You might hear the same joke um, from the same comedian, but they tell it in a different way or they put a little different spin on it. It's, it's no different when you have uh, the same brisket from five different chefs. They're just putting a different spin on it. And it could be, uh, you know, you, you go to a Korean restaurant and you have their, their squid pancake, right? They're all, they're all going for that same dish, but they all have a little different take yeah. on it. And you might say, oh, I like this one better. I like that one better. But part of the creative par- process is that that's, I have that, uh, that creative ability to do that and it's it's my interpretation of whatever i'm doing and some people people like it and some people don't and that's totally fine yeah well that's an interesting parallel with the with the comedians you're right you know you can have the same sort of dish in a lot of different places like i just popped into my mind you have like a halibut dish you can go to five different places and taste five different ways it's it's just like you said it's the same um same idea but it's very different and i and i love that i i think i'm next time i go to eat i want to keep that parallel in my mind do you find that your researching and trends kind of start to change because i know at least in the liquor world and we've had some people on that have like kind of curated liquors and come up with menus that especially in chicago a big uh, city uh, people's tastes change the trends change do you find that in the cooking side of your work that also is something where trends are changing and people are starting to look for different things and some dishes become more popular than others at different times. It always happens. And it's funny because I, I, I think of, of that as well, kind of the, the comedy analogy, you know, uh, dishes can be like cover songs, right? You, you hear one song and then you hear another band do it. If the band does the song the same way, it's not that fun. But when they when they interpret it totally differently, that's when it gets exciting. Uh, for me, that's what is I get inspired by other people's cooking a lot. 
Uh, I get it. That's why I like eating out a lot and seeing what's out there. When it comes to trends, I think that that there's a, a big group of people that looks for trends and locks into trends, whether it's on the hospitality side or the guest side. Um, remember when cupcakes were all the rage yeah. and then it was um, uh, uh, burgers were everywhere and then it was matcha powder, everything, had, you know, matcha in it. And now uh, it, it, it for me, it's more important to stay innovative and have get excited on from my passion and where my heart lies and then let that come out to uh, the guests that enjoy my food. I tend to. To, I, I pay attention to the trends, obviously, but as far as following them, once you start to follow a trend, you're already behind. Right. So it's a matter of how do you, how do you create the new trends and how do you find out how to just stay ahead and just stay exciting. For I, I don't necessarily need to follow trends. I just want to keep innovating and keep people exciting in what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, uh, this whole 30 thing. That's more of a movement. I don't know that it's a trend. It's a way of eating that people are into. And uh, it, it's clean eating, and I believe in it, right? I, I believe in balance, and I believe in, in eating healthy. And uh, the older we get, the more important that is. Sure. And when I start wanting to cook for my demographic or cook for me, that's what I'm doing. I'm creating healthy food. So when you're at home, I'm a very lucky family, by the way, because I'm sure the meals are always tasty. Well, you know, it's funny because if you ask my wife, uh, you know, people always say, oh, it must be great to be married to a chef. She'll be the first to say, to shake her head no, because the amount of time that I am home and when I am home, the amount of time I want to spend cooking are negative or slim, right? So typically when we have time together, we like to go out because we live in the best city in this country for food. And I, you know, I always like to get inspired. We like to go out and eat and, and enjoy this city. So when we do have the opportunity, and granted, we love to cook together. She loves cooking. Um, it, it's something we really enjoy. And I think for chefs, we like to go out and support each other as much as possible. Because if you open my fridge right now, there's nothing in it. Actually, there's a lot. Of, there's a bunch of Kitch Fix meals. That's awesome. Um, because you know, like I was telling you, uh, creating menus for creating dishes for a company like Kitch Fix is so exciting because it helps me be innovative. And uh, it's a company that does home meal delivery for people that don't have time to cook, who don't like cooking or can't cook. And I'm in one of those yeah. uh, with no time. So it's nice to, you know, the, the worst thing is to try to come home, open up your fridge and grab a beer and something fattening and, and not good for you at 11 o'clock at night. Right. So instead, it's grabbing a bottle of water and, you know, a, a grilled chicken breast or a piece of salmon. Because um, I found that I was, I was going out and just buying prepared foods or fruits or healthy things to keep in my fridge. So that when I do, when I am hungry, because I don't eat all day. I, I snack. I, you know, I, I taste I'm constantly tasting, so I, I never really get hungry, although lately I've been changing that to where I, I do sit down and I eat lunch um, and finding more of a balance of, of eating throughout a day. Sure. Um, but having a refrigerator, and it's kind of the whole 30 is set up so you're surrounded by good food all the time. Right. Even snacks. Uh, you, you know, you can have some chocolate, but there's no refined sugar and so and so forth and so on. So, um Eating healthy and, and like like I said, 
coming up on 50, you, you start to change You don't your look mindset. 50, by the way. <laughs> Thank John you. looks 48. <laughs> oh, John just turned 50. See, I told watch you yourself. I'll get him eventually. Uh, you know, you, you start to be a little more cognizant of, of how you're treating your body and what you're putting in it, yeah. uh, what you're putting on it. Um, and I, since high school uh, or even college, I've been really cognizant of how I eat and, and my eating habits. But more so uh, now that, uh, you know, you can't just walk a mile and shed uh, 300 calories anymore. <laughs> I can't either. I mean, I'm, the ongoing joke between my group of friends, I turned 35. The, the joke now is you're closer to 50 than you are 20. Start acting 50, not mm -hmm. 20. And I can't either. And, and Kitch Fix, for those of you watching, it's a meal prep uh, site. You can actually order it. And they deliver to your home they deliver to your home okay. we, they deliver to a lot of hubs gyms all okay. all around chicagoland all the way out a little past naperville um yeah. but it it is a home meal preparation it's not like the blue apron where you have to cook yeah all you do is heat, heat, heat it up, up right heat it up and eat it I, and for me I, i've recently started to kind of play around with that i was doing meal prep before gained a ton of weight now i'm starting to kind of play around with that again because not just at night for me i'm, I'm on the go i'm between offices I can just grab one, take it with me, and yep. then I get to work. I'm not having to fish for fast food or find out what I'm going to Uber Eats to myself because typically it's not going to be quite as healthy. And even in a week of doing it, and I, I have a torn shoulder and I, I haven't been working out, but I've lost three, four pounds just yeah. by cleaning my diet up a little bit. And I think it's yeah. super important. It is, it is really important. And when it comes down to it, you don't need to really – uh, you don't really need to diet. You just need to watch what you're eating. Right. And it's, it's at, at this age, it's really about how I feel, uh, internally and externally. Um, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis about 15 years ago, really, really severely. And I'm on this, uh, pretty aggressive treatment and diet is huge. Yeah. You know, anti-inflammation is really what whole, the whole 30 attitude is about the anti-inflammatory diet. And not just for me, but for everyone, it, it just really helps. And when you cut things like alcohol out and when you cut things like uh, complex carbohydrates, it really makes a difference to the way your body processes it. And that's what's exciting to me about developing these recipes is I can dig into my canon of recipes that I've, you know, thousands of recipes and see how I can take them and tweak them to be a keto or a paleo or a whole 30 uh uh, option. Well, that's the interesting thing because <laughs> I find that it's got to be way more difficult to be able to get a a satisfying meal in both portion size, but also healthiness and also make it taste well. I feel like that is such a, um, it's got to be a difficult art form almost. And it's very different than something that you would come to theater on the lake and have, or one of your restaurants and mm -hmm. have. And um, you can have, I guess, more liberty and adding things that would typically make the person feel like, oh, this tastes great. Cause you got to now be really creative with ingredients. Correct. Yeah. And that's the, for me as a chef, it's the, it's the best part of uh, this opportunity is challenging myself to now, you know, at theater on a lake, you have burgers, you have yeah. chicken fried chicken, you have my whiskey bacon and hummus and all these amazing things. I mean, come on, we live in Chicago. People love to eat. Right. But when you talk about, uh, kitsch fix, it's okay. Now I can't do that stuff anymore. And it's not a bad thing. How do I challenge myself to make, you know, I'm working on these Asian braised short ribs now that I've done for so long. And instead of soy sauce, use coconut aminos and all these different, 
uh, ways. I'm working a lot with teff flour and almond flour. I, I just came up with this muffin with tahini, teff flour, almond flour, and black sesame seeds and bananas. And it's delicious. You know, if I gave it to you, you'd never know anything different. But uh, how do you use something like a date syrup as a sweetener versus brown sugar? It's crazy. And all these different ways of uh, making yogurt with cashew milk and taking cashews and making a cashew milk. And it's really super exciting. And, and at this point in my career, it's a great challenge to try to cook this way. And I imagine that you just touched on that. I was going to ask, you know, what keeps you motivated to come up with different options and stuff? Because you've been doing it for a long time, basically your whole life since you were a kid. This has been a passion of yours. But I find that with everything I do, if I don't have kind of the next, uh, let me get myself excited about it, um, passion still dwindles a little bit. It seems like you, you are constantly trying to evolve the next thing. It, and, and it's what I love about what I do is because I'm constantly chasing what's next and how to make it better. Uh, we just, uh, my father died at 51, Sorry, uh, in, in 1992 of a disease called scleroderma. And we, he had a uh, scleroderma is a autoimmune disease, uh, defined as hard skin. And he had it in his lung. And so as over the course of a year, his lung shrank, um, I came up uh, 11 years ago with a fundraiser called Cooking Up a Cure, where I get all the best chefs, all the best breweries and distilleries together to raise money. We just had our 11th Cooking Up a Cure last Thursday, and the prior Monday, the FDA approved the first drug to treat fibrosis in the lung caused by scleroderma. So in 27 years, uh, since my father died, we're finally seeing... FDA approval of a drug. Um, my point is that, uh, you know, at 51, I was 21. I lost my father at a young age. Now yeah. I'm coming up on that age. My kids are 14, 17, 19. So now I'm starting to think I want to be around for as long as I can and enjoy my time with my kids. Therefore, I want to be healthy. I've been going to the gym on a regular basis. And, and this lifestyle fits me well it feels good and i know that when i eat everything when i eat well everything feels better so being able to cook that way helps me helps me breathe that energy to yeah. other people you know what i mean well what what better motivation than that and congratulations on the charity being in its 11th year Thank that's you. incredible and um yeah i mean nothing more motivating than family obviously yeah. and you look you look great i mean for it, i always say this and i have a couple of buddies of mine that work in restaurants and i have a friend of mine that's a chef but um having a sample food all day can really take a uh, crazy impact on your diet and then your hours i mean the amount of hours you guys have to work leads you to not being able to have kind of a consistent grasp on your health so kudos to you for being able to it's a lot of work and and there's there's uh more and more chefs these days that you see going sober getting healthy and it's because yeah we've spent the past 20 years of our lives working 16 hour days on our feet not eating drinking i mean it's it's a toxic environment right yeah. and you're constantly seeing people in our business commit suicide and depression and all this stuff and and it's it, it's taken its toll it, it really has and i think that it it's a shame to see some of these people go but it's putting a spotlight on how toxic this business is so having the ability to step away 
from that environment and put myself into a healthier environment, both, you know, figuratively and, you know, eating and my environment makes a lot of sense. You know, when, when I was 26, 27, it was a different story. But if I have the opportunity to take a younger version of me and say, this is what it's like, this is what your body is going to feel like, you know, because like you, I had, uh, my rip labrum and rotator cuff, my, my, I, my body's starting to break down. Yeah. I feel it all the time. And if a day goes by where I don't, uh, complain to my wife about my body, it's a success. <laughs> yeah. I have yet to have that happen, but you know, I, I, I work very hard on just staying in shape and, and, and staying. Someone asked me yesterday how I'm doing. I said, well, I'm vertical. Yeah. And every, <laughs> every day I'm vertical is, is, is a success. <laughs> You know? do, you, do you work out in the mornings or are you kind of like an evening? I used to work out uh, every morning, but now I'm uh, flip-flopping since I'm up so early and starting my day at 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock. I'm, I'm, I'm turning into an evening workout person, which has never been good for me because then I get my, my energy, energy is up and, and then it's a matter of how do you come down and I don't turn to alcohol anymore to, to settle down. Yeah. So um, I still have a cigar. That's so that my problem is I'm kind of an evening. I, I know John's a morning workout guy. He he's always very early, and I'm an evening guy. And it always gives me that second wind at nine or ten o'clock. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm it's not tough. Go to sleep till two in the morning. Exactly, exactly. And and then when you have to wake up early, then it starts to create this pattern. So it's about just getting your body into that rhythm, sure. I think. And if I can if I can get to the gym at six o'clock, it's still early enough that I can kind of come down, unwind right. a little bit. So prior to Theater on the Lake, mm-hmm. what were you doing in the restaurant world? I was over at uh, Fountainhead and uh, Fountainhead Market, the Bar on Buena. I was there from uh, 2013 to 2016. And before that, I had my own place called City Provisions, yeah. which is kind of where that the Bloody Mary was born um, or caught fire, really. Um, and, and City Provisions, it's interesting. It's been closed for over six years and... I can't tell you there's a week that goes by that someone doesn't come up to me and, and talk about it. And, and uh, it's so great to see all of the people that this kind of graduating class of, of entrepreneurs that got together when City Provision launched and, and CP served as this kind of launching pad and spotlight for all these people and seeing yeah. their success is, is kind of the whole purpose of what it was. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. And tell me about this Bloody Mary mix because I think we can. What are we are we due for it? You think, John? Yeah, give close. it a shot. Tell tell us how it came about and um, what led you to go from obviously being very good at Bloody Marys to actually having a business selling Bloody Marys. I uh, I love brunch. Okay. I love making huge in the city now. By the way, huge, huge, it's a huge, big thing. huge. I mean, it's crazy. I've always loved brunch. I'd love to eat brunch. I've always loved to cook brunch. I never liked waking up to cook brunch. Right. Um, but I do it because uh, I love you, everybody. Um, the, the Bloody Mary was originally made at City Provisions with real tomatoes and real horseradish and all real ingredients. And when I opened City Provisions, North Shore Distillery was just starting out, and they had an aquavit, which I had never heard of before. And it's this Scandinavian spirit that's distilled from caraway. So I drank a little bit of it. I made a Bloody Mary with it. We loved it. And uh, the the name Cletus Hedis came from my brother-in-law, 
who uh, I don't know when I was in college, I made salsa and brought it to a um, a family gig, and he said I should call it Cletus Hedis. So the name kind of stuck. Name my salsa Cletus Hedis, and and when the Bloody Mary became popular, I decided to call it a Cletus Hedis Bloody Mary because it had a little kick to it. Um, and then um, you know I was going off of uh, Rick Bayless's Frontera model, and then uh, Bill Kim from. Uh, Urban Belly started his line of sauces, so I thought, what well, maybe I should look into getting this packaged. And it took a good seven, eight years for me to find a right co-packer. It turned out that we're taking fresh tomatoes, making juice from the tomatoes, real celery, real horseradish. So a lot of a lot of these Bloody Mary mixes, you'll buy and then you'll add this and that to it. You'll right. add horseradish. You'll add hot sauce. You'll add uh Worcestershire sauce but uh, why this has all this it. has everything in it all you need to do is add booze or not it's just good and healthy without it well i think that's the big thing when you start to package something in mass quantities what you can probably make for me in your kitchen having that sort of taste level transfer on to uh something that's bottled and someone can take home there, there's difficulty in that real challenge in that there is and it gets back to your talking about um taking someone's recipe and making it home. I can give you my recipe. It's not going to taste like this. Right. Right. Um, the, the beautiful, and you can see the horseradish floating in the bottom. Yeah, I can see it. I mean, it's, for those of you watching, I'm John might be too far away from this to be able to show it to you, but uh, I mean, you can see it. And people comment on it all the time. I was doing a, we're in about 26 binnies, uh, across Chicago land. We're in, uh, Rogers park provisions and bottles and cans. We're the house bloody Mary at Fishman's. We're the house Bloody Kick Mary up. at all rocks. Um, so a lot of, I was doing a tasting in Binnie's, and uh, this sits at $10, $10 on the shelf. Our Zing Zang, I'll just say, sits at 5 bucks. And a guy comes up to me and says, well, why is yours twice as much? And on the shelf next to Zing Zang is horseradish, hot sauce, Worcestershire sauce, lime juice. I said, They're you're, $20. you're going to have to buy all these ingredients to make up what mine is. So. Yeah. And so where can you buy it other than Benny's? I see on the actual bottle itself, uh, your website, craftedbycletus.com. You can go to craftedbycletus.com. You can buy it. We ship all over the country. Uh, we also do our Bloody Mary popcorn, which I'm sorry I don't have for you here. No, no problem. Um, uh, so, yeah, those products are available through our website. You can get them. They make great gifts. And it's a great bottle. I'm always critical about, like, the uh, obviously the display version of something because – you want to catch people's attention, but it's a really cool bottle. Thank you. Brett Nyman does such a good job on, on my artwork. Um, I'm really excited. I think it does stand out on shelves. Um, and it's just, I'm really proud of the Bloody Mary mix. And, and the, the popcorn, which I just released, um, is starting to gain traction too. And Love people popcorn. are really digging it. Yeah. The problem with popcorn is, and I, I get smart pop sometimes at home and it's not smart pop when I don't have a bag and I have like 15 bags, it's no longer smart for me it, anymore. It, it, right. It's That's like a, my problem with yeah. popcorn. And, and the funny thing is I, I make them, they're, they're four ounce bags and they're, you're going to eat the not whole a, bag. Not enough for it, me. For no. Sure. Right. But you can get more than one, right. but you should eat a whole bag. You yeah. can't, open one up no. and eat a little bit. And I've had people say, oh, I opened it in the car and it was gone before I got home. Well, that's the goal. You yeah. know, you just well, need a little something to drink. That's perfect for the guy who's got <laughs> the business of popcorn. That's, well, isn't that the point? Well, 
and, and this is your Bloody Mary mix is like a reigning, defending, multiple time champion in the city for Bloody Marys. It is. It's uh, a, a Chicago magazine, Chicago has Time Out Chicago, all rated it the best non vodka Bloody Mary. Um, and I, I say best non-vodka Bloody Mary because I've always made it with the Aquavit. Yeah. Uh, at Theater on the Lake, you can get it with vodka. You could get it with gin. It's really good with mezcal. Okay. Uh, or a real like smoky that. scotch. Okay. Uh, it, it, some people have said it tasted like bacon just because that smoke reminds them of bacon, much like horseradish and tomato reminds people of shrimp cocktail. Right. So people have said, oh, there's shrimp in here, and there's no, there's no yeah. shrimp in here. It's just your brain saying Tricking tastes like cocktail taste. sauce. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's good with bourbon. Awesome. Well, we're going to try it with some vodka. You are the master at this, so I'm not going to butcher how much vodka I should be putting into my Bloody Mary mix. You want to do it so I don't, I don't goof it up? There's no goofing. Okay. There, there, really, if it were a 50-50 ratio, you wouldn't be wrong. Okay, well, I'm not going to go 50-50. On I'd go one. one to three. One to three, yeah. okay. Um, you know, people always ask, how much should I do? And I don't know. Uh, do you drink your Bloody Marys in a, uh, a rocks glass or a pint glass? Because I drink almost everything in a pint glass. Uh, right, exactly, <laughs> as you should, or a British pint glass. Oh, I or, or a ball jar, like a 32-ounce ball, ball jar. John, if you want one, I'm going to need another uh, mug from you. Mm. I'm guessing you want to taste some too. I do indeed. I and the good news is for uh, for us. food service, we do them in gallons. Okay. So uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I have a friend who buys it by the gallon. I love that we're drinking these out of wheelhouse mugs. As of course, I didn't bring the craft of my Cletus mugs. That's why. <laughs> um, are there mugs? Can you buy them on Crafted by Cletus? No, they're not. They're not yet. Um, but. Uh, you know. Well, for those of you listening, you can buy wheelhouse mugs, I think, at some point, and then you can drink your Bloody Marys on. That's true. I may have poured way too much vodka oh. in mine. No such thing. Um, I might, I might lighten yours up a little bit. Um, Wanna try it? the Bloody right. Mary mix. I have uh, cooked brisket with. I do a Bloody Mary ketchup over at Theater on the Lake for the brunch burger. Um, it's it's versatile, John. I'm gonna give you the one with more vodka in it. Oh, great! Thank you so much. I will. Uh, when I get pulled over, I'll have just uh, just have him call me. Tell him you know an attorney. Yeah. <laughs> one that does right. re- one that does real estate law, not not crim law. You want some too? Obviously, I'm good. Thank you sure? You. Oh, we would have had enough cups then. Well, plenty of cups. One for a, Elijah. Let's give uh, John uh, this one. That, that Elijah joke. Your, your your drive is also far shorter than mine, by the way. Yeah, so the shorter it is, the more... You, I'm not going to say yeah. that. <laughs> um, well, cheers, John. All right, well, cheers, John. Uh, give me one second. I'll send over some popcorn for your next guest. Wow, that's really good. So what we got going on here. It's really good. It does have a... It has a kick to it, which I love. Not too much, though, because... I, right? It, and that kick That's comes from good. the fresh horseradish. It, I never want to no, make anything right too spicy. Yeah. Because you can always make it spicier. Right. Right. You want to put more hot sauce in it, you can. But the the goal in my cooking in general is balance. You know, I, I same with beers. When I do beers, I don't like to do anything super aggressively hoppy or you know. Yeah. I want to try to appeal as as the many people as possible. People. Right. And. You can definitely tell it's got that kind of fresh squeezed tomato taste yeah, to it, it whereas normally you wow. get the, um, it's almost like a 
preservative type tomato. Mm. It's really good. Fresh is the one word that I hear most often when people want to talk yeah. about the mix. Yeah, it's sure. a very fresh tasting, like somebody squeezed it out of fresh fruit instead of this it being is, yeah. tomato it, it is a fruit. Yep. It doesn't right. um or vegetables. It doesn't um it doesn't taste like it's a mix. It does not at all. You can actually taste each individual ingredient. Yeah, it's really good. And I'm not just saying that. Celery, I'm not just saying that because I'm not even yeah. the biggest Bloody Mary guy. Not a big one, no. Um, but this is really, really good. Like, I would drink this. And I'm not like the type of guy that's like, oh, my God, I get me no. a Bloody Mary. I've heard that a lot, too. And, and the biggest compliment that I can get or I think that any chef can get is – Oh, I don't eat Brussels sprouts, but I like them when you make them. Yeah. yeah. Or I don't eat tomatoes, but I like your Bloody Mary mix. I don't eat beets, but that beet salad was great. I love hearing that. And for me, that's the biggest challenge is getting people who don't normally eat fill in the blank to enjoy it. I, I mean it. I, and and I, like my best friend, John, um, shout out to John. He, he, was, I was at, he was at my birthday. He's shout a Bloody Mary John. guy. Um, and he typically has a Bloody Mary mix and he mm-hmm. has it at his place. And I don't like his Bloody Mary Because it's tomato juice. Yeah. Yeah. This is really good. And I mean that not just because you're on air. This I would drink. This is His really, mix, I, yeah. I probably wouldn't. The horseradish. It's really, I love it. Yeah. That is, however you're doing it. I'm guessing, the, really I'm guessing the popcorn's really good, too. Oh, oh man. So good. And, I'm, yeah. I, and I'm the opposite on popcorn. I'm a huge popcorn fanatic. Right, so I got to get some. I'm going to order some. Um, so you can find it on Benny's. can find it on your website. And then which restaurants again? Uh, oh my goodness! You, uh, a couple, all the rocks. Okay, uh, Fishman's Public House. Um, you could find it at Rogers Park Provisions, uh, bottles and cans. Nice, all over the city. Well, Kick we, uh, Maggie and I, hang out at Rocks. Oh uh, yeah, up by Wrigley. Yeah, oh, good. On Broadway. So yeah, well, yeah. if, if you've had a Bloody Mary there, that's uh, Cletus Hedis. She will really like this yeah. a lot. Yeah. Is do you um, do you like traveling for food? Like, is there different parts of the world that you find totally fascinating when it comes to food and kind of cuisine? When I travel, which is not often, I look for the food. And I haven't done a lot of worldly travel. I've been a, I spent some time cooking in, in uh, Normandy in, in France. Uh, I've been to Brussels. I've been to Amsterdam. Otherwise, I've been almost everywhere in our country. And when I travel, I look for food. Yeah. I mean, when my wife and I travel... It's planned by restaurants, and and that's, awesome. and that's pretty much how it goes. Everything else is kind of floats into the itinerary. But uh, when we were in um, Minneapolis, I think we were there for thirty hours and ate at uh, I think seven, eight, nine restaurants. But that's what it's we, crazy we, how thin you are for how much you you dabble into. But it's not like we're being gluttonous. It's right. we we go somewhere we have a, a dish. We go somewhere else, have a dish. We we get the ambiance. We get the we see what the experience is like, and we 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 taste one or two things. That's what enjoying a city is like for us. You know what I mean? That's what we do when we're here in Chicago. Sure. We don't go out to one restaurant. We go to three or four in the night. You know, because why not? Right. And and we'll start early and end early, but we will hit a a place. Typically, you can go to one neighborhood and hit many places. That's sure. the beauty of Chicago is that you go to Logan Square, you can go to Lula, you can go to Giant, you can go to all these different places um, and ex- experiment with everything that's going on there. And you can have five different cuisines in a, in a matter of a few hours and two blocks. 
that's the cool thing about Chicago. And obviously, all three of us are a little bit biased on Chicago. For those of you listening that aren't Chicago-based, visit Chicago. There's a melting pot of so many different cultures and cuisines and foods and even just like the art and the uh, the culture of different neighborhoods. There, there's so much of it. And, and there's other cities in Chicago, in the U.S. that have that. Sure. But a lot of times you'll go to like New Orleans and you got kind of that that culture and that sort of food is the mm -hmm. over highly French influence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's kind of like the big food you're going to have there. And you might go someplace that's South and you, you might have a completely different twist, but Chicago just has such a crazy melting pot of so many different options. And you have obviously traveled for food more than I have. You truly mean that when you say it probably is the best when it comes to the full on overall cuisine. Oh my goodness. Um, it's somewhat not fair to come from Chicago, to be a chef in this city and then go to any other city, it's almost like, yeah, well, that, it's fine. Um, and, you know, our kids are, are, are think that that's normal. Yeah. You know, the, you, you go somewhere else and it's like, well, that's, that's, that's not as good. Uh, but Chicago, I mean, from a hibarito to an 18-course dinner and everything in between – uh, barbecue, uh, Thai, everything. everything. There's everything here, and you can get awesome of all of it anywhere. That, so I went to Italy last year, and my cousin lives in Italy, and he's um, he's half Italian, and I went with my dad. And we got there, and I was expecting to be just be blown away. I said, okay, I'm going to Italy. And it's the first thing I told John, I think, when we were on the phone when I was mm -hmm. in Italy. I, he said, you know, how's the food? And I said, it's good, but I'm so spoiled being from Chicago that I just wasn't blown away. And my cousin's looking at me. He's like, no way. how did you like that? And I'm like, it wasn't bad, but I've had as good, if not better Italian food in Chicago. Sweet. And he just was like, F off. Like, there's no way. I'm like, <laughs> I'm telling you. I like, I love the experience of dining there. Sure. It was it was almost a, um, the cultural dining there of, it was a two, three hour dinner and everybody was so friendly. And the conversation you would have with your wait staff and how somebody who owned it would come out and just stand there and talk to you, even in a small diner. That was a really cool experience. It was yeah. different than we have here, I think. But the food was better, in my opinion. And he was just like, constantly like, you're being biased, F off. He's like, how about this pizza? And I'm like, I'm telling you, we got really good pizza in Chicago. Yeah. So, were, you, were you at a place where you got uh, all you can eat breadsticks? No, oh, because we I, have one of those. That's an Italian thing, that's right? A, yeah, <laughs> we have one of those. I'll tell you, though, you know what was fascinating about Italians? You walk around and everybody is, guys and girls, incredibly thin. Mm. But they're eating like, really heavy pasta dishes. I'm like, what Same in Paris. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing. Everybody's eating all this bread and cheese and yeah. heavy butter. And everybody's thin. I gained like 10 pounds in a week there. And I'm like, how the hell are you guys not all obese? How are we obese in the U.S.? None oh, of you God, guys That's are. a whole other whole conversation. Other topic. But, you know, hashtag uh, Perkins. <laughs> but I was very much... Um, Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I agree. Um, I, um, I was very spoiled from Chicago. And that was the first time I really experienced Chicago's level of spoiling us when I was at a place in the world where everyone's like, you're going there and the food's unbelievable. And I'm like, if, and this is gonna sound bad, but if I came from Bumble F someplace that had no like big cuisine, I'd be like, oh my God, this food's amazing. And I just told him, I go, I live in Chicago, man. The culinary scene in this city is unlike anything I've ever seen. And a lot of it has to do with the collaborative efforts of, of all the chefs in the city. It's not a competitive landscape. Um, Chefs in this city work together to make this city great. 
we work together on sourcing, we work together on, on ideas, we collaborate and do things together. And there's nothing like the culture of chefs in Chicago. And it's, it's one of the, the things I love about this job is the amount of people that uh, we are, are supported by each other is tremendous. And, um, you know, uh, at Cooking Up a Cure, I was sitting with Pat Sheeran. We were getting our picture drawn from a, a caricature guy. And he said, who's your favorite celebrity chef? <laughs> we both kind of laughed. Because I've never seen those two words really go together uh, as much as everybody else wants them to. Um, I think that at the heart of it, we do what we do because we love to do it. I think everybody else wants to put the celebrity in it. Uh, we're just making food. At the end of the day, and I tell this to my staff all the time, we're just making food. We do it the best that we can, and we love to do it. But the, what, what's the celebrity in it? unless you're trying to be on TV and if you're trying to be on TV, where is it in your heart? Sure. You know, and, and people do things for different reasons. And I, you know, I, I think that, uh, there's a place and a time for all of it. It's just that you can be a, a, a chef who became a celebrity by doing what you do. Uh, you know, look at Rick Bayless and everything that he's done with his foundation and his Frontera foods and, all the stuff he did with, with Iron Chef, you know, he became a celebrity by doing it. It's not like he was a 15-year-old uh, a kid, went on TV and became a celebrity. Now he's a chef. There's a difference uh, between that and there's a fine line of talent and creativity. Um, and and not to take anything away, but I've, I've never seen celebrities and chefs it, 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 Same it, capacity, kind it, of. Yeah, people, people, people want to say you're a celebrity because you're well known, right? Outside of the city, most of us, nobody would know who we are. It's fine being being of that status here in the city because it's always nice when someone recognizes you or they've been to your restaurant and they thank you or they say they've had a dish or uh, they said they they love a beer you've done. It's awesome and that feels really good. Uh, that's the reward that we get, right? To put someone in, in front of, to put a dish in front of someone and watch the reaction that you get from them. I always talk about that scene in Ratatouille where the, where the critic the ate, ate the, the, the Ratatouille for the first time. He drops his fork and is immediately transported back to when he was a kid <laughs> and how that kind of, uh, you know, Ina Pinkney calls it a taste memory. Right, you have these taste memories. So, as a chef, to elicit those taste memories, that's the biggest give back. That's the biggest reward when you can kind of get those taste memories from people. Oh my God, my mother or my grandmother used to do this, or you know, something like that is is pretty awesome. I think you're being um, very humble in a sense because I, I look at it like you know you're for a lot of people, it might not be every single person that comes to eat every single day, but I'm sure throughout your career, there's been so many times where your experience through food has been an experience where somebody may have uh, been on a first date that ended up getting married. It might be just a moment with a family member. And that experience is something they've probably taken with them for the rest of their lives and will keep, which you guys are, you, you I, I think at the core of it, yeah, you're creating food, but, and it's great that like that's what you broke it down to because it shows how humble you are. But I really think like the dining experience, I'm sure this is part of your passion of constantly curating and changing things. And that probably has an effect on you. You've probably 
touched and impacted so many experiences for people. And you touched on something that I was uh, going to touch on. I think you had alluded to it earlier. That giver's gain mindset of you guys in the industry constantly working with one another seems like it's um, it seems it might like be unique to Chicago, but uh, it it. It's cool and refreshing to see because I think entrepreneurs in Chicago in general, at least John and I have experienced this in the last year and a half, have been so giving of their time and effort and almost been open books to giving other entrepreneurs advice, saying, hey, I'll sit down with somebody. We've had entrepreneurs on here who have told us, you know, when we first started, we didn't know what to do and we just reached out to five people in Chicago and all five sat down with us. And... I don't know if that's a Chicago thing because I've only had businesses in Chicago, right. but I, I'm glad to see that it has also happened in your industry as well. Well, look, high tides raise all boats. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, I think the the energy you put out is what you get back. And when it comes down to it, if you're able to give someone that energy and it comes back to you, I mean, you're... Everybody, everybody wins. Yeah, and in our industry where we're in the hospitality industry, we want to make people happy. So the happier we are, the happier they are. And when, when guests see people working together, whether it's servers and, and cooks or chefs and other chefs, it, it draws this excitement to Chicago and to the culinary scene here in the city that makes it stand out. It's a city where where chefs want to work together to make this big ball of energy in the middle of our country something that people want to be a part of, yeah. and that is felt uh, when you when you when you come to Chicago. It's not a uh, competitive environment where chefs are sh- shit talking other people and they want to be better than the other. It, it's it, it's far from it. You know, the, the, the better we can help each other be, the better we're going to become. I love that. Mindset. And uh, it's, it's a great mindset. And, and, and I think that there's this entire group of us in the culinary scene that feel that way. And it's why the scene is the way it is. I love that mindset. And I, I wonder sometimes if that's um, uniquely Chicago. I'm sure there's other places that have it. But I see it in uh, the handful of industries I'm involved in. That whole kind of giver's gain mindset, I was just talking to an agent about the book The Go-Giver, which is a book I recently read, and it's one of my favorites, and it talks about giving, and then through giving, you shall receive back, but not expecting to receive back when you're giving, and I just feel like some of that has to be uniquely Chicago. I think it is, and coming from the East Coast, I remember the first week I was in Chicago, I was walking down the street. And I, and I said hello to someone, and they said hello back. And that was somewhat of a tell to me of what this Midwest culture is like and how different it is. And granted, 95 was a different world that we all lived in, sure. but I think there's a certain mentality of, of, of uh, being genuine as a person that comes along with being from Chicago. And I think that ultimately Chicagoans are so very proud of Chicago and want Chicago to be this kind of um, hug around everyone. Um, and the amount of diversity that we have, there's it's kind of this f- even flowing bloodline that, that goes through everybody. 
um, when everyone is putting it out, it's all coming back. And, and that's something that has never changed since I've been here. And I see it in different uh, professions as well. And I, and I never doubt, I, I, I kind of assume that it's Chicago and whether or not it's in other cities somewhat doesn't matter right. because it we makes Chicago proud and it makes me a proud Chicagoan and it makes me want to say this is the best city in the country. I agree. And I'm not a snob about it. Um, there are certain cities that I, you know, just I'm not interested in going to because I know the attitude. But, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, it's it's like hip hop. You know, Chicago is is the best. And if, yeah. if I got to represent, I'm going to represent. Um, but, you know, it's 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 a very collaborative city, which I really like. Yeah, it's, it, I agree um, tenfold. And I've been to some big cities that feel like they're too big, too disconnected. And it just feels like a aggressive nature. Whereas in Chicago, like we said, it's uh, it's a very collaborative city. Um, if you want a cuisine, if like you need a cheat meal, like ah, for me, people joke, like if you want to lose weight most, stop eating tacos. You're an idiot. You okay. eat too many tacos. Do you have one? Is there like a, is pizza the thing? Is it tacos? Is I, it pasta? I love wings. Okay. It's kind of my guilty pleasure. I love tacos. Um, if I want to get real bad and, uh, hurt Less myself, up. uh, well not just mess up my diet, but not be good yeah, on yeah, my system yeah, don't right. donuts donuts yeah but it's rare that i'll have a donut these days okay. but it's not rare that i'll go and cheat on some wings Hot, so wings don't upset the uh diet no they do they do they, oh they, they do i'm not saying they don't yeah. i'm just saying that's the uh it's it's some somehow easier for me to justify going out for wings and um it, it's something <laughs> I'll, I'll either do alone or do with my son and just you, do know. you like i'm super spicy I, I don't like anything super spicy. Okay. Uh, I don't like, I like to feel my face. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm not one of those pepper heads that goes and tries to get the, the scorpion ghost peppers. And um, I mean, because it, it burns twice. Yeah. You know I, mean? I, I was going to say, I, I did, I made one mistake one time. I actually, I've made two mistakes. One I got tricked into, but one of them was I went to Jake Melnick's and they uh -huh. have like that spicy yeah. wing challenge. Yeah. Uh -uh. And if you win, like they take a photo of you and it's, they put it on the website and nobody ever sees it, but I did it. And I remember about three bites in my nose and my eyes were numb. And I was just like, okay, it can't get any worse than this. Oh, yeah. And I just have to finish it. So I ate as fast as I could and finished it. I was like a couple hours later, I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. So I, I, I worked for Jimmy Banos for a while and he had this thing called the hot as a mother dinner where, um, he would kind of let me cook for these dinners where it would be a seven to eight course dinner of, the spiciest food you've ever had and it would go spicier and spicier and spicier and throughout the prep for the meal you know i'd be tasting and stuff and uh we would tell people uh we would write them letters and say before you come to dinner put your toilet paper in the freezer <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's good advice because i mean we were we it was, i were don't know trying to i don't know how up. these people would do it they would eat seven eight courses of, i mean the first thing I, I it was just way too spicy for me and by the end of the day my stomach would be so upset because i'd yeah. be tasting throughout the day and it, it's just it, so to answer your question no i don't love super spicy i love really flavorful i can handle a little heat and i enjoy a little heat 
Uh, I'm really big on land birds over in Logan Square. Okay. Uh, their wings Never are tried great. It. Uh, they're the Korean lollipop style, but okay. their sauce is so very good. They have a real spicy one. I haven't really gone for that spicy, uh, but super flavorful. Um, you know, even with tacos, I, I like the I like medium or hot sauce. I don't like super crazy hot stuff. So. Yeah, there's a chip my sister made me try one time. They brought it over for Thanksgiving one year, and it was one of those like chips that you have to have it and then they film how long it takes you to before you have ice cream and i should have known better because she brought a tub of ice cream and put it in front of me and it's a chip that's like the size of a dorito like chip. a like a potato chip no like a like a dorito chip it was yeah. like literally shaped like a dorito and i forget what it's called and she just basically said you have to have this chip and we're gonna watch to see how long it takes you to have and you the just ice cream. you buy it by the buy single? the one single chip <laughs> in a bag it's it comes in like a <laughs> container so i said i like spicy stuff it's a chip so i put it in my mouth Chew, I go, this isn't so bad. And she, my sister and her wife are watching me and they start to laugh. I'm like, oh my God, I want to die. And I went for the ice cream. They go, you going for it already? And I was like, oh, and I just sat there for a couple seconds. And it was, I don't know what the heck kind of pepper it was. And then if you check on YouTube, there's a bunch of clips of people and like athletes trying them and then just losing their minds. Well, here's a pu- public service announcement. Be sure to wash your hands before, yeah, yeah, before you, you go you to wipe the bathroom. Your eyes. Yeah, I was, yeah, that too. Yeah, that <laughs> might almost be worse than the eyes. <laughs> Not might. Yeah, for it sure. Is. It's kind of like you make that mistake once. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I didn't think about that in the moment, but I did wash my hands uh, right after thinking I would rub my eyes because I have contacts. Sure. I said, Tonight, mm. before I go to sleep, I'm going to take my contacts out, and then I'm a dead man. I'm going to end up rushing to the hospital, oh my but goodness. that was really bad. Yeah. One thing, uh, and I know John has some questions sure. he wants to ask, but one thing we ask every time somebody comes on is any advice for anybody, and you're a multiple-time entrepreneur, um, but any advice for somebody who wants to be an entrepreneur uh, doesn't have to be in mm-hmm. your line of work, but just in general. I just think if I can give anybody advice would just be to do what feels right and go for it. And if people tell you no, go for it because – um, I think it, it was it Wayne Gretzky who said you miss all the shots you don't take. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really true. Um, I, I remember when I, I came up with the idea for city provisions and I went over, you know, Zingerman's over in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, Zingerman's is a uh, deli that started as a deli in Ann Arbor and turned into this multi-unit, crazy, insane business. And they teach management. So I had gone to uh, take one of their courses. And I remember I, was, I, had the, um, I had my website, I had my business model, and I was starting, I had a space for city provisions. And I was sitting in one of those uh, massage chairs where they, you know, you sit over, hunched over, and they, like on a lunch break. Yeah, like fifteen minutes. I was, minute I was sitting next to Ari Weinswig, who's the the CEO of, of Zingerman's, and I was telling him about my idea for City Provisions, and I said, "Oh, I'm just going to get a few uh, sandwich counters and their sandwich uh, refrigerators and throw them in there, and I'll do it." And he said, "You know what? You get you get one chance to do it. You get one chance to open." So just do it right. And I said, okay. And my version of doing right was going all out and uh, really doing it well. And uh, I, I never look back and think that I, I should have done it differently. There are a lot of things that I've done in my career that have been a little too far ahead of where they would go. Um, but that has not stopped me. 
you know, it's, it's, I do what I feel is right. And if it's, if the world isn't ready for it, then so be it. Because, uh, if, if it inspires someone else to do something, then great. If I, I could say that I've, I've I, just about everything in my career, I'm pretty damn happy about. Fantastic. I'm pretty excited. That's so, great advice. um, my advice is just, just go for it awesome. and don't be afraid. Great advice. John, you got some questions? Absolutely. Well, yeah, actually, so my nephew is a chef. He went to Kendall mm-hmm. right here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so picking up on the question that Mo just asked as far as advice for entrepreneurs, can we dial it in a little bit as far as for young chefs? I know that Nick, my nephew, um, introduced me to this term called staging. Mm-hmm. And I'd never heard of this. I don't know if you know what no, that no, is. No, no, no. I have so, no idea. Um, and please correct me if I'm st- stating this wrong. But staging, basically, uh, a young chef or any age chef who wants to go to work at a restaurant will go and work in their kitchen uh, for two or three nights for free mm-hmm. to more or less show the executive chef what he or she is made of. Correct. And then if they are doing well and so on, uh, they will be offered a job Some part-time, some full-time, however it works. Um, but I had never heard. It was, it's like an audition. It's like an apprenticeship. Yeah. Exactly. Unpaid, but it not paid. It could be one day. It could be one year. It's up to the stage to determine right. that. Right. But it is, it is, it is a, like a moonlight, an, an audition, essentially. Yeah. It's to show uh, me as the chef what you're made of, and it's for uh, me, it, for you to see if you want to work for me. True. It, it goes both ways. But uh, the most important thing for stodge kids is show up. That's the first step um, because it's, it's you know, we'll schedule a stodge and uh, they just don't show up. So that's A, a show up for your stodge and uh, be prepared to cut veggies, wash dishes, do do whatever you do need everything. to do. So Yeah, that's and he told me a variety of he's been doing it now for a while and he's gainfully employed and all that. But. Some of the some of the auditions, the staging events or whatever. How would how do you phrase that? I think audition really? probably is a really a good stage. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. that's what we call it a stage. Okay, um, and that's exactly uh, how it goes. You know, before I hire someone, I want a one or two day stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make sure we're we're making the right good decision. Fit. Yeah, one hundred percent. Okay, because uh, the kitchen's a team, right? And you need to fit into the team, and it's not up to me. It's up to the team. I'm going to turn to the team and say, does this person belong, yes or no? Because if they don't want them, they're not, you know. Yeah. I imagine the synergy in that sort of environment has to almost be perfection, especially because it's at such a high-stress level, and especially where you are now and where you've been in the past, you have a lot of people coming through, and you got to make sure that it's uh, the synergy works. Yeah, and, and, and consistency is the hardest thing about this job. You know, you have uh, 14 people, 20 people, 30 people on your staff, and they're all making the same dish. So how do, you, how do I teach all these people in my kitchen to execute it the same way every single time? Because you as a guest don't care that I made the burger or this person made the burger or that person made the burger. It's got to be the same thing every time. It can't right. be, oh, I le- same thing behind the bar. Cocktails are the same thing, you know, right in the, the beverage program over at Theater Lake, Theater on the Lake. I was like, you have to measure your pores and do the same thing every time because if you, if you have an old-fashioned 
and then uh, I'm your bartender, and then I walk away, and the next bartender comes in. You're n- another old fashioned. It better be the same one. Yeah, it can't taste differently because you're it's someone else making it. Consistency is very hard in this business. And I never thought about that. You're right. When you go to a place that you love to go, you expect that taste to be the same consistently every time you're there all the time Mm -hmm. same with the service yeah and the drinks i never thought about that it's you know every time i go someplace to have something like if i have a mule or something i have meals from time to time if it tastes completely different at the same place from mule to mule you're like what the heck now if i go to two different places the mules are different totally different thing that doesn't it comes down to what we were talking about earlier with interpretation maybe they who knows maybe they use a different ginger beer right interesting never thought about that John, I'll throw it back to you. A uh, couple more real yeah. quick. Bring it. Uh, so the three of us in this room, we're, we eye what we eat uh, pretty well. But you had made mention about complex carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. I was hoping just real quick you could explain, you know, I try and stay away from bread and pasta and all that. What exactly is a complex carbohydrate opposed to? Simple carbs? Yeah. Uh Processed foods, complex carbohydrates are found in a lot of processed foods. Simple sugar, simple carbohydrates in, in honey, um, in, in grains have uh, those complex carbs. It, your, your colon, it, it takes a lot more work to break those things down. Mm-hmm. Simple carbohydrates uh, absorb into your system a lot easier. That's why a lot of this uh, healthy cooking is anti-inflammatory. Because the uh, the more processed foods and complex carbohydrates cause inflammation in your gut, so that's kind of what it comes down to. There's there's a book called Breaking the Vicious Cycle by Elaine Gutschel that talks about uh, utilizing uh, simple carbohydrates in your diet and, and reducing uh, the dairy uh, things like that uh, to to have a, a healthier gut. Uh, making your own yogurt. Which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and then one more. We talked about where to get the Bloody Mary mix. Mm-hmm. And I know we touched on the popcorn. And we can do that via the website. But yes. is the popcorn available at Binnie's or retail anywhere? Popcorn is available at uh, Bottles and Cans right now in Rogers Park Provisions. Uh, it is being carried at the Double, uh, the bar, uh, over on uh, Central Park and uh, Fullerton. Um, but it's mainly available through the website right now. Craftedbycletus.com. Craftedbycletus.com. Crafted with a C, Cletus with a C. <laughs> For those Buy with a B. Um, <laughs> and you, um, I'm guessing your handle's at Cleet Tweet? Cleet Tweet. Try to say that four times real fast. You can. Say it as many times as you need. <laughs> you know what else I didn't, I didn't touch on when we were, I was actually looking at the bottle, is the nutrition facts of this. Because it's... The servings are big. It's four ounces. You only have 20 calories in here. No fat at all. Low sodium. Low too. sodium. Yeah. Very low sodium. A lot of people have commented on how low the sodium is in my Bloody Mary mix compared to our competitors. Low sugars, virtually no carbs. It's it's a really healthy Bloody Mary mix. It's just veggies in a bottle, right. really, uh, with a little bit of Worcestershire sauce and a little bit of hot sauce. It's, it's almost like, uh, I will say, V8. Yeah. Um, can I but say way that? Way better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it, way it, way it, better. You know how V8, uh, at least they used to market it as, as a healthy yeah. thing. And I, I think it's probably changed a little bit since then. But they used to say it's just vegetables in a can or a bottle. That's what my Bloody Mary mix is. I, we, 
I've had people that are underage just drink it as uh, as like the juice. Yeah. yeah. You know, so you can uh, you can continue to diet and drink if you're just having vodka and his Bloody mm-hmm. Mary mix because yeah. this is not there's no. there's nothing fattening or bad for you in here. It's just vegetables. Like that's you said. right, and you can have it without alcohol and enjoy it and have it as a healthy yeah. beverage, breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Yeah, if you are a juice person, <laughs> this is and I'm I can taste a hint of vodka because I was uh, I was poor you heavy. heavy. Um, I was poor heavy, but. It's a good tasting juice. You know, October is uh, Bloody Mary Juice Diet Month. Is uh, it? I just declared that. So yeah, just made that you, can, you, can, you can go on a Cletus Hedis juice, juice diet, diet and just drink Bloody Mary mix. Uh, you can get it by the gallon, and uh, I will ship it to you. So. Well, John and I have gone on a couple <laughs> juice diets. I think this one makes some sense. This Aren't they horrible? My wife and I did it. Like, oh my goodness, it, it's really. You want to kill somebody. It makes you, I, I can't even tell you. It's like after I have uh, my procedure uh, for ulcerative colitis, I just want a hamburger, yeah. you know, because you haven't eaten for three days. At, at the end of a juice cleanse, it's it, it's almost like you just want to beat up your body and be like, give me everything <laughs> fried and chicken and donuts and all of it. Well, you can carry this on to a weekend because you can just, if you want to go out and party with your friends, just have this as your drinking mix too. Mm-hmm. Your juice diet can, can, can exactly. continue That's right. all the time. It's, yeah, it, it's a healthy way to drink. Yeah. Oh. Well, I, I agree <laughs> on the juice diets. I mean, I, I've done tons of them and I always think day one for me is kind of stinks because you're just not eating anything. What's day the longest juice you've done? Uh, five. I did a five, but I cheated on the fifth day. I won't go past three anymore because I'll I'll go crazy. I people in the office will hate me. But the second day I always have a headache, and the third day I'm like I'm just actually the third day is the easiest for me because I'm just miserable and I know it's almost over. Yeah. But I feel like for me the idea of not being able to chew anything drives me crazy for three days. I just can't do it. Yeah, you you, you crave just wanting to eat, eat something. I did a five day juice cleanse, and I think at the end of day three I I I was at my wits end. And uh, it's not that I never wanted. I love juice. I love uh, that kind of thing. But the uh, yeah, I, I want to eat something and crunch mm-hmm. on something. Yeah. And it's uh, when I uh, about twenty five years ago I stopped smoking, and to stop smoking I carried a bottle of water because it was this that I was. It was oh. just bringing my hand to my Face. mouth. I drank so much water. I chewed so much gum. I I got TMJ. But, you know, you, you want to eat something. Juice just, I mean, we have teeth for a reason. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, whether it's nuts or, or dried fruit, even something like that, I, I like snacking on. Right. You know what I mean? Put my teeth to work. I'm right. the same way. It's, I think the act of not eating bothers me the most. And, yeah, I mean, I, I've always done them to jumpstart a diet, and I, I feel good after it. But days two and three, I'm especially two. I'm really and I don't off. know how you are, but for me, there's a comfort you get to eating, and that's oh, why they sure. call it comfort food. But there's a certain thing that relaxes you with the act of eating, oh, and of that's another thing that when people are going out to dinner or lunch or or breakfast, when they come into a restaurant, they're looking for that ceremony, that ceremony of being served a plate and picking up your fork and knife and eating it. There's this certain relaxation that that calms you exactly and you don't get that with juice no i'll tell you and (laughs) some of my agents are going to see me leave the office sometimes now in the middle of the day and they're going to try to follow me because they'll know what i'm doing but 
I sometimes will, and it's only for a half hour, I will walk away from the office and go sit in the corner at Potbelly's in the corner booth. Now they're going to know where I sit to. <laughs> and I just take 30 minutes to just call myself and eat by myself. Sound like a loner, but that's fantastic. And I, sometimes I love going out with people in the office and eating, and that's calming too. But the act of eating really does calm me. I had uh, a wreck the other day. Yeah. That's what I eat at Potbelly's. Love the wreck. I... And that's another thing I, I hardly do is I'll go for fast food. But um, it's funny. I came out of the gym and I was so hungry. I wanted something fast. I'm standing in line at Potbelly thinking, I hope someone doesn't see me. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get noticed. Though. You're like, oh, is, he, is he doing market research? Nothing against Potbelly. I think they do a great job. I mean, the, the, you know, the wreck and, you know, a chocolate malt. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it's God. the wreck is my thing. And, and I go sit in the corner booth by myself. Do you know about the moment. secret menu? The, no. the wrecking ball? No, no. It's a wreck. Ask for a wrecking ball. It's a wreck with meatballs. Meat mm. it's, oh. It's so stupid. It's like, I don't know, 1,800 calories. Oh, that's oh, going to hurt. Boy. No, it's not that much. It's like 17. Well, my Chipotle, oh, burrito, my Chipotle burritos are like 2,600 calories. So <laughs> right. it'll, 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 exactly. be it'll be a diet. It'll be a diet. It's like the baseball cheap. game. Why do they have to put the, the, the calories on there? Oh, I hate when they put the calories on anything anymore. You know what I mean? It's The nachos at Wrigley are like. The thousand, two thousand calories. Yeah. Yep. Makes you feel awful. And oh, you're drinking beer the whole right. time. Right. Then I'm, I'm not going to get it now. Yeah. It's like they're, they're putting on a guilt trip. Are you a big Chicago sporting fan? I am. I am. It's funny because I, I grew up a Caps fan. I grew up an Orioles fan. Boom. And uh, when I was seven, I, I was on the, my little league team was the Cubs. So I was a Cubs fan from go. Um, now I follow the Cubs, I follow the Hawks, and the, the Hawks played the Capitals the other night, which is a win-win for me. Um, and I get to be a Bears fan and a Ravens fan, so I kind of get the best of both worlds, but I'm a, I love the Chicago team. So I'm not a big basketball person, but... Um, well, basketball for us, once the Jordan era ended, it, you can't really top that. I mean, it's, you that's you, you can't, and I was lucky to be here during that, but I'm a huge Hawks fan. I love hockey. Mm -hmm. uh, big Hawks fan, uh, big Cubs fan. I See, I see all the games. And I was the Bears, thank God. You know, I, Jeff and I have uh, uh, Bears tickets, and last year we sold them because they were so crappy the year before, and nobody wanted to go to Bears games. We said, oh, we'll sell the whole season. And then this year we're like, oh, the Bears were good last year. We're going to keep our tickets. And then they lose the first game in that second game. I was – when there was, I don't know, 15 seconds left oh and God. we were down, I was about, to, I was pulled my phone out to text him and say, wow, we really shit the bet again and we kept our tickets and they're terrible. And then they came off. And this entire city, that last 30 seconds of that game, you probably could have heard a pin drop because mm -hmm. I think everybody had inhaled and was holding their breath. And oh my. I'd walked away. Goodness. I what saw a, the replay because oh I was like, they God. lost. I, I, I was going nuts. And, 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 I mean, it could have been any teams yeah. playing, but the fact that it was the Bears made it so much better. But that's what I love about sports. I love that. I, I will watch the championship game of any sport, Yeah. even golf, which I'm not, you know, yeah, I'll watch a highlight of it. But, you know, tennis, I never watch tennis. But when it comes down to uh, an Open or a Wimbledon, it, it's it's awesome because right. you're seeing the best of that sport. Right. Um Soccer, I'd even, you know, if it's a championship. Soccer's just, it's too too yeah, much like field. Mm -hmm. too, you know yeah. what I mean? I'm not I'm not a big soccer-watching guy. I don't watch golf that much, and I agree I'm not a tennis guy that much. I listen to the Cubs on the radio. I'll catch every game. And my son, 
uh, told me the other day, he was like, how can you listen to baseball on the radio? It's so boring. I remember when I was a kid, my father used to turn on the Orioles game on AM. And, you know, back when we were kids, it, it was it was horrible reception. You couldn't even hear. It was scratches. And and, and I, I would think, oh, how does he listen? This is the most boring thing. And <laughs> then, I, told, I told James, I was like, oh, my God. I literally said the same thing to my father when I was a kid. But now I catch, I mean, especially with uh, the Internet yeah, radio, I can I can catch the game wherever I am. And just, uh, I love Pat Hughes, and, uh, and my wife hates my impression of him, but I, I, I love when, especially when um, you're watching hockey, and you can see what's going on through the radio, because right. announcers and, and hockey, announcers hockey are is fantastic. so good. So I love Pat Foley. So. And, and hockey is so fast-paced, so there's so much going it's on. It's insane. So it keeps your excitement it, level it, high. It, it, it really does. And, and when, when announcers get into games, it's just so much fun. Soccer, actually, when you're announcing it, is halfway fun, especially when it's in Spanish. Right. But I don't like watching it that much. I'd right. probably rather listen to Spanish soccer, not that I know what they're Again, saying. Again, the highlight reel is good enough. Yeah, the goal part gets goal. you excited. They get so excited when the ball's getting near the goal, even before the goal. Right. Well, now but, I, I got to hear your pet use impression. You uh, got to do it not to bring it up. Mm-hmm. No, I can't. I can't. I, I'm, Come on now. Well, if he does that, you got to sing. That's not that bad. <laughs> do it again. Do it again. This is WGN, the Cubs Radio Network. I Listen, can't do it now. Oh, that I wasn't that bad. Like, no, not at all. I it's feel like WGN. I'm listening to Cubs game. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming Sorry, on. It, you, your passion, and I say this a lot when people come in, and we've had a ton of passionate people. Uh, your passion's infectious, but uh, at a totally different level. You can tell from a very young age, you've been very passionate about what you do, and uh, it's infectious, uh, and it definitely, I'm sure, comes through when you're working in the kitchen and innovating and curating, and best of luck in everything you do uh, with Kitch Fix, with Theater on the Lake, and obviously with the popcorn and uh, the Bloody Mary yeah, mix. Yeah, hold that up. Hold yeah, it up. Hold it up. Yeah. Link to in. the website. Yeah, we'll put the uh, website in the comment section so people can just click it and order this. And I mean this, and I'm not just saying this because uh, he's on the show. I'm not the biggest Bloody Mary guy, but I would drink this thing. So it for John, really, John does watch really the show almost good. every week. If you want me next time I'm over, we live about five minutes away from each other. If you actually have Bloody Mary with you, uh, go to Benny's next time and that is buy it. some of this. Yeah. That is the stuff right Because there. then I'll drink it with you. Honest to goodness. Yep. Thank you. But that crap, and I don't know whatever else it is that you buy, it's not half. <laughs> it's not a tenth as good as this stuff. We'll get him a bottle. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'm going to take a bottle over for him. But well, thank well, you so much. You would agree as far as the, the actual independent flavors. Yes. Being, they really, it stands it, out. It it's, tasted like juice. And I think what... I don't like about the ones that I've had in the past is it just feels like a mix. And you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's like when you have a margarita mix, you know, yeah. that might exactly. kind of translate well. When you have a margarita mix, it just doesn't taste like a margarita. Right. This really tastes like juice, not the mix version of what a Bloody Mary would exactly. be. And it's, a, really it's the same thing with pretty much anything. You know, when I went to Benny's originally and I said, I want you to carry my mix, they said, well, it's expensive. And I said, well, you have Smirnoff sitting next to Grey Goose. Right. There's no difference. You have a lower-priced vodka, and you have a very expensive vodka. Mm-hmm. There's a market for all of it. Right. Let's Try it with the point. You know what I mean? Yeah. There are people that want the good stuff. Let's give them the good stuff right. all over the board. 
well, you know, I'm sure you have it, all the ingredients, like you said. Yeah, one hundred percent. And 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 uh, that is the selling point. This is this is for people that really like Bloody Mary mix. It's for people that w- you talk about Kitsch Fix being uh, food ready to go, right? You don't have to do anything to it. This Bloody Mary mix ready to go. You don't have to. You don't have to doctor it up. Mm-hmm. You know, there's <laughs> right exactly. There's no adding all. You don't have to buy all the accoutrement. You just a very throw amateur a Bloody Mary maker in myself today was able to make a very tasty. <laughs> you Bloody did. A, you did a great you did job, a and job. you know what? You job. can hide that and tell your tell your friends that I just made you a Bloody Mary. That's right. <laughs> you know I'll just pour it and just be like, here you go. You know, as long as, <laughs> stick, it's, a, as, long as it's disappearing it. from the shelf, that, that's fine with me. No, it's it. It really is. And again, I'm not saying it because you're in here. It, it tastes Thank fantastic, you. and again, love the label. I'm a big labor label geek. Um, it looks fantastic and, uh, wishing nothing but the, uh, the best. Thanks, I got to stop by theater it. on the lake and, uh, check that out as well. I do have to say, uh, Maggie and I went and had dinner over there, uh, maybe what, three, four weeks, Cletus. Yeah. Something yeah. somewhere in through there. Mm-hmm. So we got there and, uh, we each ordered, there were two, ap- an appetizer I wanted, one she wanted. And so we ordered them both and as we're, they were fantastic. And so we're sitting and we're eating. And I saw her eyes get real big. And she's looking over my shoulder. I'm like, what? She goes, what is that? So I turned around, you know, without staring. And it was uh, the table behind us had just gotten the ceviche. Oh, I'm a ceviche. I love ceviche. Maybe some of my favorite food. But it it came out, and it was like on top of a guacamole uh, mousse. Mousse. Nice, Nice memory. So thank you. Uh, it lasts only three weeks. Hey, <laughs> By week four that, or five, yeah. he's screwed. That's All right, fine. see, I won't know who you are. That's fine. Uh, so we did that, and then you sent out the burrata, and I never had burrata. I didn't know exactly what it was. Delicious. We didn't even wind up ordering entrees. I mean, just four or five appetizers were just unbelievable. Those, so those two dishes. Um, that's funny because uh, being from Baltimore. I originally wanted to put peel and eat shrimp on the menu at Theater on the Lake. And Susan Nickel, who's the general manager, was like, can you do a ceviche? So my vision, and another funny thing is I'm allergic to avocado. So um, my vision was to kind of combine a Baltimore-influenced ceviche but do a totally different take on it. So uh, I had this idea of making a mousse with avocado. And uh, Caesar, who's my been my sue for over a decade um i just tell him what i want the avocado mousse to taste like i want it to have a little acid with the lime juice a little spice blah 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 and then what we do is we layer it in this kind of old school sunday mm-hmm. uh parfait and then the the shrimp we cure with lime and then i toss it in old bay seasoning so it's it's a little bit of baltimore influence ceviche um the burrata my wife loves burrata wherever we go that has burrata we'll get it just to see how good it is. And when I set out to find uh, a good actual cheese, I got hooked up with this guy, Paolo Prodi. He's this Italian guy, makes uh, makes it by hand on a daily basis. And it's super creamy. Uh, it's delicious. Um, so I came up with this burrata dish for, uh, for my wife, and it wound up being one of the more popular things on the menu. Uh, but I take left-hand milk stout, which is a beer, and mix it with balsamic vinegar and reduce it to a syrup. And then I do what I call a, a seeded gremolata, which is parsley, olive oil, lemon, and garlic. I'm so hungry, by the way, right I, now. It's so I good. add 
toasted sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds, poppy, sesame seeds, sprinkle it on there, and then give you a little bread and a little salad with it. It's well, I'm a fan of both those dishes. Really good. I probably order in, t- using Uber Eats, a ceviche three times a month to my house just, mm. just to have ceviche. So I can't wait to stop oh, by and try it all. So I'm gonna, but kind of like John's saying, that that's how I enjoy experience restaurants, and that's how I like to feed people. Get a, And I said that to you, John. Like Get a little bit of a lot of different things because yeah. you just, get to try it. Why commit to one thing? Yeah, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I like creating menus where people are encouraged to share. Um, it, it, it establishes more community, especially at, at, a, at a table when you're breaking bread with someone, whether it's your spouse or a friend or just a group of people. Uh, I really enjoy that. So I like creating opportunities to do that, both in food and beverage. That's fantastic. So. And Maggie commented, dinner was awesome. She's watching. Oh, very good. So, it was. Thank you, it, was it really was. Watching, it Maggie. was fantastic. Well, I'm going to have to stop by there. Maybe one of our wheelhouse lunches that might have to be our spot. I think that would be, yeah. I'm absolutely. You name it, I'm there. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. This, this was a blast. I got to drink on air. I got myself very hungry, and um, I learned so much from Next you. Next time so I'll bring food. The, thank you for having me. I appreciate we it. We love having people back on, so please come Absolutely. back on and yep. bring food and, and popcorn because I'm going to order the popcorn and Deal. probably eat yeah. too much of it. And I know you just had the uh, the fundraiser, the Cooking Up a Cure. Cooking Up a Cure, yeah. yeah it was but, uh, Let us know next year when it's coming up. We love yeah. kind of trying to get the viewers of the show interested oh, in our guests' um, charities and events. So Absolutely. let us know next yep. year. And um, I think that's it, John, for this week. I will go ahead and announce next week. Yeah, please. You've got some fantastic people coming on. Yeah, I have Reno and Tony, who are the owners of Neighborhood Loans On. They've been uh, great mentors to me in the real estate world. They're fantastic business owners, entrepreneurs, and also really good uh, coaches on business in general. So I'm excited to have those two guys on next week. I, like I said, I've learned a lot from them. I think you guys are going to learn a lot from them and their backstory of when they started in the industry to now owning uh, one of the biggest power players in the mortgage world in uh, nationally now um, is a fantastic story. So I'm excited to have them on next Wednesday at 3 o'clock. Look forward to it. Talk about changing gears. Yeah. We'll yeah. Food. <laughs> they, now, they love to eat. To, uh, Reno just lost, I, from the Facebook picture look, it looks like he just lost like 70, 80 pounds. So I'm sure he's eating healthier. Yes. But those yes. guys love taking people out to wine and dine. Cool. So we might have to have like a collaboration oh, there. There you go. All right. That'd be awesome. But um, with that. anything from you, John? No, this was a great show. Yeah. Thanks so much, Cletus. Thank you. Uh, great guest and a great chef. I can attest. Great chef. Thank you. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. And thanks we'll see you guys next week at three o'clock. In three, two, one.